With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom or a maternal figure in your life? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you want to ask. Then she can either type up her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I want to know about the stories of how my mom and dad grew up. What's the first thing they remember after they were born? That's one of the questions I sent to my dad after signing up for my life in a book. And I can't think of a greater gift to give my dad in sharing his stories and to receive. It's super easy to use. My favorite part of it, as someone who sometimes lives on turtle time and forgets (laughs) about sending or receiving email, is that they reach out a couple days prior to sending questions just so I know of what questions they're going to send to my dad, if I want to change it for another question or customize it with something that I want to know. It's that kind of specificity and care that I love so much. This is genuinely an incredible, incredible gift. There's no greater present than I could give a family member or a loved one than to participate in this kind of meaningful appreciation for the entirety of their lives, separate from my own. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom or loved one this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com with code Andy's Girls for 10% off today. And thank the Jills, Aaron, and your life and mine. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and 
looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Way's anti-frizz cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Way's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. This Valentine's Day, why not give yourself and your loved ones the gift of my cackles? That's right. The number one way to support the Andy's Girls podcast, yours truly, my burgeoning shoe collection and copious credit card debt is to join the Andy's Girls Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. You get exclusive bonus episodes, three of which were released released this week, including an epic one-hour deep dive with Vice senior culture writer Alex Zaragoza and invites to special events, including the Galletines Gab, a Zoom Kiki with Patreon supporters at the OG of the AG level and People's People's Couch level on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a chance to sass and delight about all things Salt Lake City and more and get those bonus episodes. Give me a little bit of cash patreon.com slash andy's girls why don't you sign up today and enjoy this very special galentine's episode of andy's girls dream situation (laughs) just a couple inches away from up 200 and I am so excited about a very special episode of AG with some very special people this is a Galentine's Day special have I used special again that's again too many times who knows drinking game alert whatever drink your water and have a good day uh guys I the just the it's the people's people's panel and I'm so thrilled to Welcome, Abby and Vanessa, also known as the Real Moms of Bravo. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. Oh, my God. A pleasure. A thrill. Kate Casey, who's the host of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Kate Casey? Kate Casey. I know. It's the worst. No, I love it. I'm obsessed with it, which features interviews with reality stars, directors, and producers of unscripted television, my favorite form of TV. Moni Marcus, who hosts a Bravo and pop culture podcast mixer called Mixing with Moni. And I have been on it a couple times, and I've loved it Yes, you have. And I'm so excited to be here with you oh my god so excited to have you here with me and writer samantha bush also known 
one as well. <laughs> She is a writer. She's a writer girl. She's a writer girl. And we're so here for it. And guys, welcome to the People's People's Galentine's Day couch, first and foremost. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having us. This is so fun. Only you would come up with these kind of things, Sarah. I always have a good time with you. Well, let me just say this. First off, this is the second ever panel episode of AG. So it only took 190 whatever for me to do this fun little social experiment. (laughs) And I have to say the idea for this came from a conversation with Her Holiness Kate Casey when we were talking about the importance of women's voices when it comes to content creation inside of the Bravo community. Right. Because ultimately the vast majority of the stories that we love to watch and discuss are about women's lives and we need to support and amplify women's voices so literally it was like a late night dm sesh or something with kate casey where kate just like dms me and sends me these fucking pearls of wisdom and then an idea like a little you could see the conversation bubble in my head as she's like typing and i was like oh my god and galentine's is upon us and p.s i have a special surprise at the end of this episode that you're gonna like die over hopefully it won't actually kill you but um it's a fun little moment but I just have to shout out Kate Casey, who does support other women. The biggest advocate, Kate Casey, is the real one. Just drives me crazy that we're, like, always talking about housewives. And, like, these are stories about women watched by women. Let's keep women talking about what goes on in women's lives. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to... A concept. You know what I mean? Like, what? Okay. I've said my piece. I 100% agree, and I think no better day to do it than on the holiest of days, Valentine's <laughs> Day, which, P.S., is that technically supposed to be the day before Valentine's? Yes, Leslie yes. Nope would right. look down on you, Sarah. Valentine's Day is February 13th. Parks and Rec Wait. fans, you know. I, I'm a... I'm a diehard Parks and Rec fan. I treat myself every day. But I I always think in my head, maybe it's because I'm perpetually single, that I have, like, reset instead of the day before. Because that's really for, like, couples so that you have the day before to shout out your friends. And then the day of is with your, like, yeah. significant other. So I like to stretch it. I'm like, let's do a full long weekend of Galentine's. Because I always think of it as, like, the spiritual February 14. Yeah. So, first off, do you guys have any plans for a COVID-safe Galentine or Valentine's Day celebration? No. I have backup plans. You have black uh, backup plans? Is that what you said? Yeah. What yeah. does that mean? So, I, like, recently... Yeah, what does well, mean? I recently started seeing someone. Oh. I'm not sure if he's going to do anything for Valentine's Day. I did tell him I stress the importance that I love Valentine's Day. So, oh. like, the standards and expectations are high. Um... But I have backup plans with my best friend in case, like, he doesn't pull through, then I'm just going to, like, go hang out with her. Love that. That sounds nice. You have to, you know? Valentine's is tough early in a relationship. Like, it's hard to know what, like, what are you going to do? And, like, do you, like, especially now in a pandemic, like, are you going to go to dinner? Are you going to go to an igloo? Those, like, the (laughs) things here. I know. And And it's 12 degrees here. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a lot. Yeah. But I, I told him what I expected. Well, that's good. Okay. Well, then he should be expecting to do yeah. something, right? Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> he fucking better. I like that you gave him a list of options to surprise you with. I think that's very smart. <laughs> and I love, I mean, I keep getting a UPS notification that something's coming from something there's like a two word something Ooh. bouquet and I Ooh. know it's mm. no so there's gonna be a buzz that goes up I'm perpetually single and I know it's gonna end up be like being the name of the shop that I bought batteries from on prime so it's like I know that bouquet <laughs> does not stand for flower in any way so I'm just waiting for that moment of devastation when I see the like toilet paper that I forgot I purchased at 3 a.m on Monday night what kind of batteries did you get for what I got double <laughs> oh <laughs> double A That's here single, to... you say double A here to play there we go um so listen ladies I want to get your thoughts on your favorite favorite Bravo Galentines and so much more. But I have to start by getting your thoughts on what I felt was a historic moment in the history of Bravo TV, aka part one of the Salt Lake City reunion. Did everybody watch? Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 I, I mean, Kate, can I start with you? What were what are your thoughts on Salt Lake so far this season? And mm -hmm. what did you feel about um, reunion P1. I thought first two episodes in were good. The rest of them tanked. The reunion was better than all the episodes. I thought Lisa looked unstable. Meredith kind of put oh in an okay performance. Mary brought it, and she she halfway there I thought she should take over as host, and then I reminded myself I'm troubled. She probably runs a cult. Heather was authentic, and her fantastic self and Jen I just think probably 10 minutes in realized I look ridiculous and I should just shut up that is a hot take Kate I, yeah. I'm here for I it I agree with like 75 percent of that is like, it yeah. opposite yeah. day you felt like the first two episodes were good and the rest of the season was You're not stu super stupid yeah yeah that is a hot take. I just really I am seeing I know. Jaws. We're all just like I just didn't like it. Floor. I just feel That's, like none yeah. of them were are really true life friends. They just took a, a bunch of people, threw them in a room, and they were pretending to be friends for all this time. And I just thought it was stupid. Yeah, not their best work, sorry. But the reunion oh was really God. good. But it's kind of like what I felt like with Southern Charm. I felt like their reunion was way better than all of this the entire season. I felt mm -hmm. like Salt Lake. Oh. But then I, you know, you remember they filmed this. I was talking to Meredith while she was filming. So that was like a year ago. So they've right. watched all this stuff happen. And, you know, they're co-workers. Those two people are not friends. They're all co-workers. I felt like I was watching co-workers who are hanging out after work who actually hate each other. <laughs> mm. Sorry. Like the pity invite is... to the happy hour. This is a lot to process. That's a lot. I'm going to mm -hmm. take a moment to myself and just kind of ruminate. Vanessa, what are your thoughts? Oh, wait, on this, can I, can this... I, can I yeah, just, please. one last oh thing my God. is, yeah. I felt like the sky is purple. Uh, well, I really like Heather and I feel like you, she was living her life on camera, but I felt like mm -hmm. Lisa Barlow treated the season like an infomercial. Yep. I enjoyed it. So I'm. It was so delusional. I'm the opposite of UK. I yeah, soaked up. I think the it's because I, I I just watch so much TV 
that it I takes a lot at the, it takes a lot at this point to blow my hair back and it didn't happen until the reunion um i mean Lisa, I'm a, was your hair blown yeah, it was i'm a cheap date you know take me to take me to a chick-fil-a <laughs> and i'm a happy girl so i you know i'm a cheap date i enjoyed salt lake i thought it was a great season i thought it was fun it was you know unlike the pandemic shows that we've been watching like the oc um even parts of atlanta it was just entertaining to me lisa barlow i agree with everything you're saying but to me i just find her so entertaining as like a caricature of herself like i i look at it from a humorous standpoint just everything she does from the whiteboard like it's it's ridiculous but it's entertaining and funny to me and the same with mary it's just kind of things these are people I would never interact with on my everyday life, but seeing them be a, over the top is really humorous to me. Monty, what are your thoughts watching this season and the um, P1? Yeah, I mean, I'd almost be scared of these people in real life. Like, I would shy away from them <laughs> very quickly because, mm-hmm. like, a Mary, well, that that that's everyone's scared of. But, like, Elisa is, like, frantically put together and it makes me anxious to see how anxious she is about like there's a scene in a moment in the season that I just thought was iconic where she's taking her kids to the aquarium to spend time with them and talking about how she needs to build a business with them to spend time with them and I'm like what you are doing in essence is spending time with your kids right now and she's like the only thing I can do to make sure they know I love them is make them money makers and I felt that that's she's setting them up for life and I'm like she's ridiculous but I absolutely love her because not for what she's putting forth that's one thing I think I got from this season it wasn't for what they were putting forth it's for what I connected with of them that they probably individually would hate to know that we love them for and I was I was just talking to Eric and Megan from the Daily Dish like right before this about how they were like the housewife formula, right? That they were talking about what makes a good housewife. And the reason that we people connect with Heather so much is because she was really, she just showed up and was like, this is it. Like, I'm tired. Like, I can't be anything other than myself right now. But the reason why people loved everyone else is because of the moments where they had no idea that their vulnerability was showing or like that their facade was down. And those are the moments that we connected with the most. Sam, can I ask you, there's been a critique about Salt Lake City that I have heard from people where some people feel like Salt Lake City came pre-baked, where it was women who had seen Housewives, some women in the cast had Mm -hmm. seen Housewives and decided which Housewives character they were going to be during this season. And for some viewers, it felt a little performative. Is that an opinion that you would agree with or do you feel a little bit differently? I guess I agree with it a little bit, but it worked. Like, if that's what they did, like, I loved it. And I think, like, what Mani was saying about Heather is every franchise needs a Heather. Mm-hmm. Like, someone who's, like, mm-hmm. grounded in reality, who kind of is, like, the the touchstone for us to be, like, okay, these are real people. Like, this is a real woman. Like, I feel like in New Jersey, like, Jackie is that person or, like, um, Bethany for like a minute was that person. And then it was Carol. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then Carol lost it. And, uh, but I think, I mean, everyone by now has seen housewives. So even if there were to be new housewives joining an already established franchise, I mean, it kind of would be the same thing, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I loved, I loved every episode. <laughs> 
I mean, I have said repeatedly on Andrew's Girls how much I you could like inject it straight into my veins. I knew that the yeah. reunion was going to be good. I just I felt it, and then I I've watched it four times, which is like, oh my not, god, it's not four is not going to be the last <laughs> time. I watched it again before we started recording, so I was like, <laughs> I need a little bit of a refresher. And I do have to say, before we when we all got together in our little Zoom kiki, we we touched on the Britney of it all uh, very briefly before we started this chat. And I'm listening to kind of some of the dynamics with Lisa. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the last 700 times that I watched part one, in my head, a little bit of a light bulb came off. And I don't know if this is incredibly misplaced and it could be. But in watching the Britney documentary, uh, joined with seemingly everyone else in the world this week, the New York Times Hulu collab, I had to kind of really rethink as a as someone who came of age during that Britney generation, both when she was a big star and then when kind of the world shifted and looked at her and treated her very differently um, as she grappled with, you know, her own journey. And I thought to myself, wow, it really does kind of make me really rethink about the ways in which misogyny shaped my own perception of Britney's experience, let alone the world's participation in parts of her downfall. And then I started thinking about Salt Lake City Mm -hmm. and my own feelings about Lisa during this season you know, the point that I think Monty just raised about the idea that for her connecting with her kids had to be hand in hand with a business deal, which when that came out during the season, I was like, "Ooh, I actually don't know if I love this because it felt to me like there was a way in which her kids felt like the the ability to get mom's attention in her time was in doing business with her to be money makers to be money makers which can be a positive (laughs) thing but then it can also be the let's just like chill with the penguins a little bit hello (laughs) right you know what i'm saying but then i started thinking about the britney of it all and also some of the points that lisa was raising in the reunion which was like this is my personality don't judge me for this And I wonder if some of my perception of her has been shaped by some of the similar energy that I carried for Britney. Does that make any sense where I'm like judging and critiquing her for being a badass bitch? And it's like, wait a second. Would I still feel the same way if it was her husband expressing the same behavior that she is? Kate, what are your thoughts? I didn't have a problem at all with her talking about, um, I, I this is my problem with Lisa I think she w- went into this like this is a great business opportunity for me where she went way too much on the seesaw that way like I have to plug every episode every time I can Vita to tequila how much I do it in Sundance this this made-up skincare line that my children came up with we got to plug that in every single it, it, it felt like she went over the top there's a great way to prove your point like I'm a working mom and I'm building businesses and this is I'm a modern version of the American woman but I felt like it became too salesy at some point and that's my problem with her I didn't feel like the editing I think that's probably who she is I think she's probably a great mom and I don't think she's actually like that in real life. I just think she was like, oh, shit, I'm on camera. Let's maximize this. And I feel like that's some of the problem that I had with the season where I was like, 
just relax and be you. Like, don't try to, you know, push anything. Like, just let it all unfold on camera. What if this is her? I don't have... Oh, what if that is her? Yeah. I mean, do I... Would I want to hang out with her? Probably not. She's a little annoying. But to your point about the misogyny, I thought about Mm -hmm. that too. But you know where, where I was triggered by it? Was when Andy as host said, Jen... So it's clearly clear that you've had some plastic surgery. Do you want to list for us what you got done? And I just thought, in five years, are we going to look back and go, why was that acceptable to ask that? I'm more interested in somebody's character and their behaviors and the choices they make in their lives. I'm not all that interested in, like, somebody got a nose job. Is that okay that a man is asking a woman about that on television? I could be wrong, but I I kept thinking about that. I I totally hear you. I also think like Heather's I think with Heather's business being what it was and a scene filmed where Jen is getting an injectable in the back of her knees or whatever. I felt like it was a pretty valid question, but I also think in the scale of importance, it's, you know, below the floor, maybe a little bit. You know, but then he but had I, them I all your... go around and yeah. say what they all had done. And I mm-hmm. was like, I mean, I, I, I appreciated Whitney taking it with a grain of salt and being like, oh, yeah, yeah. these are natural. But I, I get what you're saying, Kate. I was like, this is like, we're do, more we than asking that we're more than what we look like. We are. Right. It, it was sure. like we're women who are multi-layered, who are married, who have children, who have had extraordinary life experiences and the we should be talking about the relationships that we have with right. one another and the reasons that we have conflict and not about let's go through each person and talk about how they've changed what because it's it's minimizing someone and it's making women look like you have had to sh- like change yourself like you've had to make modifications to yourself and I just felt like I don't know. Are we going to look back if we're professors 10 years from now, are we going to go, that was not a good moment for the way women were perceived on television. I and could be overthinking the summer it. house. This end of the summer house season this year, are we going to ask Luke the same question? Like you went yeah. from hot to not what happened here? Like if we're not <laughs> yeah. going to ask him the same question of why did you shave your whole face? And now you're not even that cute. If we're not going to do that, then if it's not an equal opportunity, physical, yeah, hazing, like is, is it, I am it, uninterested. Is, do we ask Craig? So you look like you gained some weight. What's going on? Shep, you don't, right. your hair's just like just a mess. Like I think we should. We're, I we're mean, never doing that. It's part. Of, I will say part of the reason why we watch these sh- like the shows is some of the superficialness of their lives. Like I like knowing about mm-hmm. the plastic surgery, but I I agree. Like I think Shep and Craig, like first of all, cut your hair, like look presentable for a reunion. <laughs> Maybe that's the mama me. Cut your hair. <laughs> well, he's not cutting it because for COVID, see, there's like a. a if you're hanging of, like, with Justin where you're not, uh, Anderson, not you can get a little trip. Right. You were hanging out with the hairstylist. Okay, exactly. He got his clippers yeah. in the back. But no, I I mean, he could quite possibly 10 years from now use this as, you know, a case study as to how women were treated and was reality TV part of the, like, just like the tabloids are part of Britain's downfall. Was that a contributing factor? that we have these platforms where people want to know everything these women are doing. I also think for some of it too, I like knowing and I like people that own it because there is a sense of like, for some of these women, oh my God, they're so perfect. Their skin's so perfect. Yeah, they're spending $2,500 a month to have perfect skin. It just like, it makes you feel a little bit better if you don't have that because you're not getting all that done. 
I do think it can become a little bit empowered in the sense of, like, let's say Madison in the Southern Charm reunion, like, very much owned her plastic surgery and what she's gotten done. And I think it can be, I think as women, and Kate, I think you bring up a lot of really good points and things, honestly, I've never thought of because I've, I'm, I think because I'm so used to the culture of housewives, I've, I've not thought of it in that light, but you bring up really, really good points there. But I think, too, I think women, if they choose and want to have plastic surgery, they can feel empowered by that as well, as long as it's on their terms. Oh. And uh, on their terms, it yes. becomes a little different when, you know, a man, a like man. a, man, a is man is bringing it the helm and bringing it is, up. Who is in the power position. For sure. Who, who everyone believes is the decision maker about who stays, who goes, is asking pointedly, did you change your aesthetic and sure. why? Versus Madison saying, I felt great about myself. I'm a Mm -hmm. business owner. I spent money to change my body. Those are two very different things. That's what troubles me. Yeah. Yes. He specifically pointed out Whitney's boobs and that did make me go, oh, uh, okay, we're doing this. And he that, was like, they're bigger now. Right. And I'm I like, mean, what was, is that? Is yeah. that, is that okay? Yeah, that wasn't, he, but that wasn't great. But I was also wondering if she got her boobs <laughs> yes, done. I know, but you him. can, I think you can ask that in a way that he cannot ask that. But you let me write it okay. in and you ask it from the car. Like, you know, Samantha in New York wants to know, you know. Yeah, not yeah. I was dying. Yes. I was like, those are huge. Yeah, they looked great. I mean, they looked, I mean, they looked tight I think and right. But I was like, I need it. to know. But don't oh, you think Mary? like if you were the host, dress, yeah. Sam, if you were the host and you said, Whitney, you've never looked better. And then you d- made a comment, something like, you're dra- like you've never looked better you look great that would be softer than did you, did yeah, you get your boobs i think the way he frames it yeah yeah like the way he frames it sometimes it's like it's never it's it's not very complimentary no it's it's always it's always got like this underhanded yes. like little thank you little, thank you it's yeah. definitely pushing a boundary it's, it's yeah. because yeah. because he knows that jen obviously has had work done Mm -hmm. because it was a huge part of like the social media online conversation was how different she looks than she did before um or at least I saw a lot of that we I mean we posted a meme about that right after it he says here's a a question from an interview or a question you're Jen you're in your 50s like why are you throwing temperature tantrums and she goes I'm not in my I'm not in my 50s I was like listen what the fuck like I, I do have to say, weird. I had someone, I had someone troll me on IG this week, and one of their insults was, "You look like you're almost 40." And I got a bunch of people being like, "You don't, you don't at all." And then some friends of mine from high school were like, "TikTok." <laughs> it's not, that's not so much an insult. As uh, I'm, by the way, of, I'm full truth uh, of math and science. I'm 43, <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm okay, mid twenties yeah. plus, and I've been this way for the last eleven years. Oh, look, a bird. Mid twenties plus. I do. I do have to say, when it comes to the 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 ideas of plastic surgery and, and the questions about narrative and perfection meeting the intersection of reality TV, when we're yeah. watching women tell their stories and try to be in charge of their stories, knowing that they're not the final editor on these productions. Yeah, there is something really that I find invigorating about the idea that. Madison got in front of this and and essentially said there's nothing shameful about Mm -hmm. me making a choice that makes me feel better at the end of the day and 
you know, Leah went on social media a week or so after having rhino, a septorhinoplasty and said, here's a picture of me essentially in bed or with a, a bandage or whatever. And I wanted to do this and I did, which I think resets the power structure. I agree in her control so that if you want to share something or you don't a lot you know Ramona or someone else you get to make <laughs> that decision for yourself and I can understand sensitivity around the idea of even the question being presented in the way that it is where a person has to feel almost uncomfortable with the idea of making a decision that you know, maybe they wanted to be a private matter, but they are also on reality TV. It's a mm -hmm. it's a really right. sensitive territory. And as Kate, you said, there is a difference in it's like intent versus impact, which is like one of my favorite all time phrases on AG. It's a different kind of experience when it's a man asking a question versus a woman it just it just by the nature of who is asking the question let alone why are they it it lands differently to me you know and that's what one of many examples of of the idea that you know when women are kind of having these conversations it's more like a you know like with Leah I honestly got into her dms and was like who's your doctor because yeah. I fell on my face a couple months ago and fucked up my nose and went to a ENT several times and at the end he was like what are you going to do? <laughs> like, you need to have something taken care of. And I genuinely contacted Leah and was like, who's your well, doctor? Well, you trusted her. Yeah, you trusted yeah, her opinion. I, and I also appreciated yeah. that she was honest about mm -hmm. it, you know, right. because if yeah. you like fuck up your face or you don't and you just want to tweak it, there's nothing wrong in getting that done. There's nothing wrong. It, there's something great about announcing it. And also, if you don't, that's still your choice to. You're the one that's deciding for yourself. Yeah. how to engage you know yeah margaret josephs is really good about i think mm -hmm. owning whatever she has done like whereas with melissa gorga i think she was a little bit more mm -hmm. old school not so she much still hasn't school. yeah she's old school much. like i think it's no basically i think kind yeah. of going the jin chow route of like botox and fillers and i have to mm -hmm. suspect a little more and by the way i don't mind that either unless you maybe if you have a skincare company a la jlo and you're like i've never had anything done and you're that's false that oh, because God. to me that's false advertising that's why but ramona I think, lies i right, mean yeah. ages it's ageless. yeah yeah <laughs> i'll buy <laughs> sorry did i buzz kill that sorry no. no I think that I think no. it's an important I mean this is like the whole point of a conversation like this where we can kind of get into not the minutiae but get into the nuance of it all which is a really interesting place where we can all have different experiences as women watching these shows but also hearing someone else's experience watch it can change um you know, your own opinion or view or not just understand it better, which I think is great. I mean, when you watched, you know, reunion people. Yeah. Tell me, I tell was going to ask you, those of you that are single, how has real housewives shaped the way that Sam and I. you think about marriage, just Sam and I think about marriage <laughs> though. I mean, you guys have been watching these shows and you get the benefit of watching different relationships and it, you know that you know, you, so you know that's ahead of you. Does that ever like when you're dating? Are you thinking, oh my god, this guy's a total Joe Gorga? Like this is not going to happen for us. Yes, Sam. I literally <laughs> had me. this conversation with my therapist this Tell week. Tell me. I swear, I really did. Um, I just think it's really, really interesting 
to watch all of these different relationships play out and notice, like, I'm like, oh God, I could never be with a Joe Gorga or I could never be with a, uh, I don't know. Who's like an, like an, any of the gyms. Like I could never be with a gym. Like none of it. But then like I, cause then you also see a lot of yourself sometimes in these shows Mm -hmm. that is like really eye opening. And I don't know. I just, I think it, it kind of does shape the way that I look at relationships and like their power structure or like just like my own psychosis, Mm -hmm. like my own like (laughs) behavior. So I don't know. It's like, I don't know if that even made sense. No, it totally does. What about you? Okay. Um, I mean, listen, yeah, Sarah, listen, I watch, I watch housewives and it's like, my experience is how do I think about myself through the lens in which I watch these women and their behaviors. And I think from the jump, the idea of Real Housewives has been, you know, behind the picket fence, whatever the fuck phrase you want to use in Orange County, where it's the mm-hmm. idea that these women have a lot. They ha- It's the show me game of I'm showing you my wealth. I'm showing you my beauty. I'm showing you whatever. But there are still shards of glass underneath. And it's the examination of the difficulty that I find really fascinating. Yeah. And from a relationship perspective, I mean, in a previous life, I'm now a current retired nanny, but I was Mm -hmm. a full-time nanny. I was a live-in nanny. I worked for celebrities here in New York, whatever. And regardless of which family I was working for, I had conversations with like every woman in a dynamic that was similar, which is date a lot, shtup a lot of people. Yeah. This isn't all that there is and there's a lot of complication behind the idea of marriage my parents got married when they were like kids my parents have been married for over 50 years it was vietnam era they got married oh my god got married when they were 21 and 22 and then waited to have kids over 10 years until they had my brother and then like don't do the math on that but a a little while longer before they had me oh look a bird and so for me i've always had kind of a different view of marriage i and you know, my work now, rest in peace, is as an event producer. And I had a different idea of even even a wedding than other people have. I wasn't interested in the big grand event because I work on those professionally. I always think like the most romantic thing is like go to City Hall or like have a nice little dinner party for 10 people and then go to Paris for a month. You know, my expectations have changed based on life circumstances more than necessarily the show which to me has always been pretty specific in I don't I I probably I'm sure I have learned a lot about relationships and watching some of the good or more likely not so good on housewives but I don't know that that has done a better job of informing me versus the fact that I have been in real world dynamics where I have seen people in New York who have a lot of wealth and a lot of problems sometimes directly related to that wealth and watching you know it's been like heteronormative relationships husband and wife and there is a dynamic in place of like an allowance or uh, the differences in a relationship if it's the the wife's family supporting the you know who signed the papers at the you know the perfect seven room 
whatever you call it, I forgot the word. I think it's actually called like a perfect six or perfect seven on Park Avenue where you have the beautiful place and the idea that it actually came from like the white side of the family. You know, yeah. it's, oh, there's, been a, there's been a lot that has like informed my idea of relationships. Mm. And also sometimes there have been long stretches of my life where I haven't dated because I've been like focusing on like my mental health journey or mm-hmm. buying shoes that you guys have seen or like, which is also a part of the mental health journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, where I have purposefully not even allowed myself the opportunity to seek out a relationship because there were other things that took more importance and focus. And now I've reached a time in my life where I look around and a lot of my friends are in significant relationships with their partners and their and their spouses, many of whom have kids. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, I know a lot about Teresa and Joe. Like, yeah. maybe I'm not in a relationship right now, but it doesn't mean I'm not examining relationships. And many times that vehicle has been Bravo TV. I've also been thinking lately about we've all been watching the housewives for so long. Like, is there one housewife that triggered you that you can look back and go, uh, they triggered me. And now I know why, like for me, Alexis Bellino has always triggered me because Mm. I feel like she represents everything that I think that women of the fifties represented. And I would be angry at her. Like you have this platform and you're staying with this husband who demoralizes you and you have just said on television that you don't think a woman could be president mm, and you are God, somebody, that somebody that symbolizes like the, like things that are surfaced, like things matter and not conversations, getting to know other people, learning more about them. So I, I know that she triggers me and I know why for all of you guys, do you have somebody too, where you're like, they trigger me and here's why Sam. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think that that, like, the show has really evolved because I feel like the materialistic aspect of it was such a focus Mm -hmm. in the very beginning. Um, And I know Alexis wasn't in the very beginning, but considering that it's been on for 15 years, like, she was definitely more so. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I remember, like, they used to show, like, them go shopping and the price tags of this and that. And that's really, I think it's really evolved into something like more examining like them as women rather than like just women who shop or women who, um, I don't know, but I always think like, I use the term like lily pad. Like they, I think sometimes women get on the show to end their relationships Mm -hmm. because yeah, but like, I can just see like some of these women who don't have that independence and they get on the show. They finally have it. Their power. Their husband. Yeah. yeah, Their Mm -hmm. husband hates it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, fuck you. I'm making my own money. I'm going to do what I want. Um, I thought Emily Simpson was going to be that way for a minute. Like I thought she was going to end up leaving Shane. Um, but like, or like you see it, we saw it with Karen Huger this year. Like, her and Ray had this huge problem and he was like, she gives her business all this attention and she's doing this. And she's like, yeah, I'm like my own independent person now. And he hates it. I thought Amber Marchese was going to be the one. And honestly, the fact, I know the fact that she triggers me, I think there's something about, I remember the time watching it before I had a podcast 
I was talking to Vanessa and like talking about it. And I was like, oh, I would love her if it wasn't for her husband. And that is what triggered me about her, is that husband made her unlikely, made her socially not invited mm-hmm. in. She didn't stand up for it and she stayed with them. I would love to know if she agrees with it. She does. She, up here, she does. She does. She does. But does she really? Like, I mean, none of us have really sat down. That's true. Like, I think that's the trigger. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, Moni, who's your trigger? Who's your trigger, housewife? Um, for me, it, it it's a hot take, but it has to be Monique because I really wanted. Yes, it, she when oh they because I just I just, I just, I just got startled myself. Yeah, no, my hot. ears perked up. I was like, because <laughs> is she? It's when I did like a comparison episode, um, where I watched her first season on or season three rather where it was like they were showing a lot of contrast between her and candace candace had you know said terrible things to chris the night before then they were going to get the prenup and you're really like they should not make it down the aisle and then the very next scene is monique and chris going to like their standard wednesday date night and he loves the shit out of her and he is like you know what you need a trip girl i'm gonna send you and all your friends to another place and i love you so much it's for your birthday we're the best and then you flash forward to now where chris is the best part of candace for for a lot of reasons yeah and then you look at monique and you're looking at her chris and you're like I know you did not just tell this woman that if it's not making money by the end of the year when you don't even know what she's doing that she has to give it up and I don't care if that's not how he meant it but just like you're saying intent versus impact it was like you know as a podcaster as someone Mm -hmm. who is a content creator I'm like there's going to be lots of times something may not be profitable, but also yeah. we don't measure profitable the same way. And in, for me, mm-hmm. for him to just swoop in, assess, well, this isn't doing what I think it should be doing, though I don't know what it is you're doing. And I've not taken the time to invest in asking you, mm-hmm. being involved in all of that shit. I'm going to just tell you to hang it up because I have the purse strings. I'm like, oh, no. I mean, yes, she spent way too much money on a podcast. <laughs> right. Girl, Anchor is free. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but. I, that's what, as a podcast. I do not understand that I mean, at all. I office space and she had assistants and all those someone, things. Yeah. yeah, that's like at least, I would say that's like probably 70K she, right yeah, there. Yeah, she has a lot of things going on. But at the same time, I'm like, who are you to say that? Because. I, it give it triggered me because it it made me think of the old school, really old school housewives where it was like the men wouldn't see the value of the woman bringing mm-hmm. in something if it wasn't in dollars and cents. And yeah. I am like looking at Chris, I'm looking at even Travis Holman in Dallas, like you yes. would be lost if your wife took five days. I would say five hours, but like you'd be calling her every five minutes. Where are the chicken nuggets? Are they allowed to eat nuts? Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> So, yeah. so to, to treat yeah. Monique as if like she's only as good mm-hmm. as what she can bring money wise and then to say when she's like I want some more help and he's like well just hire someone she goes no I want it to literally be you my yeah. partner who I married and took vows with yeah. and his response being well then you can't be tired at night when I want to fuck I was like oh you better go ahead I think you need to yeah. exit stage left right yeah. now These like I so just didn't interesting. I'm glad you brought those up she triggers me because I love her separately. And then it's like, you almost see mm-hmm. some kind of switch happen in her own, the way she thinks of herself. Mm-hmm. Like, I just wonder what her own take would have been had she got in the car and called her husband after that fight and been like, I just fought with my ex best friend. And he would have not said that's embarrassing. 
You know what I mean? Like if he would have just been like, are you okay? Like what would that have looked like for her? Like would she not have taken the defense like to make, to make her feel like she has to cleanse with the pastor? And then he'd be like, well, I just want to make up with Chris. I'm like, it just made me feel like Monique, you are such a badass. I just want to see you be supported the in the same badass level. Like I want badass support for a badass woman. Vanessa, can I ask who yours is? Who yes, is? mine is LVP. So, yes! oh my God, Lisa, Lisa, <laughs> already. Oh, I think for yes, me, I think dig, lean in, lean oh, no, in. I'm nervous because I know so a lot of people so love bad. LVP. Do it. So here's bad. a thing, Vanessa. Do it. Go deep. No, deep here's the thing with LVP that triggers me, and. I think it's different than in a Bethany. So on Housewives, very rarely do we have a woman who's come into the show pre-LVP that has like the strong foundation business presence, like has made, made it's like self-made, has made something of herself. And I think of how she's used her platform on that. Yes, she's done so much more for the dogs than she's done for people. And that's what triggers yes. me. Nothing, animals aren't yeah, important by, by any means. She's passionate about dogs. Animals are important, but in terms of people, and I know she does, she is, an, someone's going to come at me now, and they're like, she does a lot for the it's gay okay. community. It's, no, no, no it's and, okay. and she does, <laughs> and she does do a lot for the gay community. But given how everything was handled with Stassi and Kristen, and you know max and brett and all that stuff i just felt like you could kind of see the true colors of lvp um in terms of i want to make money and this i'm going to speak up because i need to and my hand's been forced but i'm not gonna you know change or um truly use my position in a manner that can better my businesses if that makes sense so that's kind of where I have issues with her. And also as a housewife, she never t- has accountability. Team Kyle forever. And, oh, that was my dog. <laughs> oh, my God. The dog is like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. That was my dog who's like, <laughs> yes. Dogs for life. He really, no, basically, that was Jackson being dogs, like, what the fuck? But, no, I just feel like I just think from a businesswoman perspective and I think she's very manipulative in how she uses her platform and it's very transparent and never feels authentic to me. Well, that yes. Vanessa, you're an inherently an incredibly empathetic person and I think mm-hmm. it frustrates you that she's got this platform and she's an inherently selfish person. Yes, mm-hmm. that that's a really great way to put it. I think I just hate people... I just don't like apologies that don't serve anything and not even that she has to apologize. But if you're going to use time and write a statement, like don't just use a bunch of words to make yourself look good. That mm-hmm. selfishness, yeah. like actually yes. use it and be a little bit, be a good person. <laughs> it's not that hard. Just be a good yeah, person. It's, it's profit over. Yeah. Yeah. So her. I just think mm-hmm. she's, I don't know. She's not my favorite. I'm not looking forward to her e-show and that's my soapbox on LVP. No one will watch that. Yeah, no. Or the Vanderpump <laughs> Dogs one, if that's still happening. But, like, if she did really allegedly tell Faith to act more like Nene, I feel like that, for me, was mm-hmm. my defining moment where I loved wow. LVP on the show. And then when I heard that when everything did happen, I was like, this is next level. And I think someone wow. was like, well, she's not in charge of who she hires. I'm like, first of all, it's literally her name on the door, right? Mm-hmm. And it's her show on the marquee. Like her name is on the marquee of the show on the TV guide. This is, she's putting people forward 
and co-signing their mm -hmm. behavior to a particular level because she wants to get something from it. Like she exactly. wanted she, it to be a yes. hit. And she wasn't, she didn't take any responsibility for although it, she'll take the responsibility for it being a hit and say, these kids are so special and I love them. And that's really why she took of her entire staff, these plucked people to be on TV. And you mean to tell me she never knew there was ever a culture problem like going on behind closed doors and to tell Faith that she should act more like Nene, and if she basically because she didn't, she didn't get the same kind of like display. I that absolutely. I just think she's no, like the puppet strings. Is, I think Hunger it, Games, yeah. and she's like, I'm gonna do this, you do this. I just feel like it's very self serving to everything that Kate and summed also, up. What does that mean to act more like Nene? I'd love if she could tell me. I'd love to know what she meant by that. <laughs> She'll probably write yeah, you a long feeling, statement that tells sure. you nothing. Lisa, please slide into Moni's DMs and yeah, let her know. She has a couple, and we know that Lisa wow. loves to loves to chat, loves to talk. Maybe this will come up on dinner at LVPs or whatever the fuck the yeah. name of the new e-show is, <laughs> Villa, whatever. Um, I have to say, you know, listening to some of Vanessa's thoughts on Lisa Vanderpump, which we asked hardcore team Kyle in that dynamic so I'm extremely into this if you could see if you guys could see the glow that emanates out of my pores right now um you know my my trigger is someone who has been it hasn't changed in any way maybe it's deepened or deepened during certain seasons but it's been very consistent uh Danielle Staub and I huh. think a little bit about some of your reasons for not being necessarily team LVP and, and from what Kate said from like a empathy perspective. Mm -hmm. And I look at Danielle and I see the spiritual dark web where yeah. I look at someone <laughs> who is like a, she is like, yeah. she evil. is a black hole of evil. There is literally mm -hmm. genuinely nothing redeemable about her nothing. you could make that argument season one where it was like in everyone versus her and they were i don't know like mm -hmm. felon shaming her or something like you could make that argument of oh i had a a dark history with the name change and the um uh, however many times I don't even remember the 19 times but then it was 20, 19 times yeah now we're, I think yeah, we're, now at, we're at like 20, 20 something 20 21 22 and a half like you could have that kind of conversation of is this you know to use the favorite phrase bullying or something season one but I think the true Danielle has always been there and the problem is that a lot of people gave her the benefit of the doubt unnecessarily either because they felt they needed to from a filming logistics perspective or they actually believed her but I, I genuinely think she is one of the darkest most evil people that I've ever seen on reality tv I think she is a monster I don't think that hmm. there is I honestly think my number one trigger is the fact that she came to film with Caroline Manzo and brought an armed security guard. And there's one thing to bring a security person as a performative housewife action, which we've seen on Housewives reunions. We've seen on in the middle of episodes where a person, the idea of danger and, and harm is being used through the, the vehicle of a human prop. It is quite another thing to make sure that the person you are bringing with you to illustrate the idea of fear has a gun with them, potentially a loaded gun, and you make sure to communicate that to us. I think she is a dangerous, violent person 
who on her most recent season before she pretended she was leaving a job she hasn't had in several years, <laughs> she made sort of clear to us that she was looking for a reason to attack and assault Margaret. And maybe Teresa was involved in that. Maybe she wasn't. But at the end of the day, I have never seen more liquid glee in someone's eyes and in someone's eyes and face as I have in those screenshots of the pulling of the ponytail and that bullshit Stephen Dan $800 candle situation where she's literally, you can see it's everything she's ever wanted yeah. and more while she attacks someone. I think she is a vile person. I, mm -hmm. if there was ever, there's been the conversation of like, who do you want in Andy's Girls? Who do you not? I don't want her to know who I am. I don't want her to have, I don't want her to know my like Instagram handle. She scares me. I honestly, and I don't know if that comes from like an empathy perspective or just mm -hmm. uh, because I don't see any existing in her. Yeah. And according to Jacqueline Lurita, which I agreed with, those kids, their eyes, they, they scare me. Thank you. You've said it. Lost, Thank you for saying the, that. They scare Thank the you. shit out of me. I can't I imagine what they've been through. I have mm -mm. so much empathy for her children, and I hope that they are doing well. They they both seem like very smart, capable young women. I mean, one of them makes beautiful cakes. One I like her cakes. One of them makes cakes. beautiful cakes, and I love that journey for her. But I just have no interest in ever following a journey for Danielle again, and I take her at her word that she's retired from a position she hasn't had in a decade, and mm -hmm. I wish for her the absolute least. <laughs> Okay, you that was that was like that took me. A I mean, that was probably <laughs> yeah. catharsis for you, cathartic. Well, like, I wow, mean, I feel like we live like, in hell when no we see stone her on turn. I don't think that there is a single redeemable. I have like a sub trigger, which we're not going to get into because there's not enough time. A certain sister on Beverly Hills who I Relatable. think is also mm -hmm. a dark spirit who can be a mean person and because she has a had a completely understandable very complicated uh relationship and journey with addiction which we have seen play out i have a lot of sympathy and empathy for her but i think separate from that i do believe that kim is like a nasty person and so there's that but there i do also have a lot of sympathy and empathy for her and i do think she's had some great moments I have none of that positive feeling toward Danielle mm -hmm. in any way, like in any way. Understandable. But flip side, Valentine's Day episode. I <laughs> want to know, <laughs> separate from who's your trigger, who is your Galentine? Somebody hmm. from the history of, of housewives or a present housewife, former, past, present, who is your housewife Galentine? Kate Casey, do you have a pick? I've interviewed so many of them and so mm. few I actually like. Um, mm -hmm. And offline, I feel like because my background is in crisis PR, that people ask mm -hmm. me for advice and I'm dumb enough to give it all the time that they never take. And then I get angry because I'm like, I just wasted like 30 minutes of my time and my life. The one person who is just as they are on screen as off screen and is a true champion of women is really smart, extremely introspective, and a good mom, solid person in business is Heather Gay of Salt Lake Woo! City. Thank God. If you were about to yes. say somebody else, I was going to go. Like, who is that? Wow. Yeah. 
I don't like so many of them. They're terrible people. But I think she is stands atop of the hill. Although I've interviewed a lot of them where I think, oh, they're great. Like, I enjoy, mm-hmm. I would love to be at a dinner party with them. But she is like somebody I was like, I will keep in touch with her for the rest of my life. She gives that vibe. Yeah. She gives that energy. Hashtag um, kinkles. Ha- <laughs> Moni, who's your pick? Who's your Galentine this Galentine's Day weekend, week, month um, situation? Current, whatever? it's, it's going to be Portia. It's always going to be Portia. I think that <laughs> Portia is just. she's a a meme generator she's a lifestyle like aspiration she's hilarious she's great she's authentically herself she's absolutely gorgeous I mean the scene of her explaining how she even fell into the trap of Dennis and like opening her Mm. legs and showing how they just became more and more open (laughs) I just was like it's so relatable because people do look at her and go so how did you end up with that kind of like schlep and she's like let me tell you (laughs) and I really appreciate that she listens to us being like Portia, girl. She's like, it's not that easy, girl. I promise. And <laughs> so she would be my current. And then my past, and I know it. She's she's very triggering for a lot of people, but it's always for me going to be Nini because I just think she did. Oh, I love Nini so much for television, and mm-hmm. I'm really fascinated. And it almost makes me like I got emotional in the car yet the other day, like not liquor infused at all by the <laughs> fact that someone said, "Why isn't Nini allowed to make the same kind of mistakes on TV?" And I was mm-hmm. like, that is such a good point. Like she is currently. It feels like flailing to stay afloat. She gets kicked mm-hmm. off the show. She got punished the year before. And I mean, yes, she's done a lot. And she said a lot of things, but a lot of them have. She mm-hmm. went on an apology tour and they were like, not good enough. Whereas it feels like so many other housewives, mm-hmm. they get to mess up year. I mean, Ramona has never yeah. apologized. And yeah. she has apology worthy moments every single season, like to almost every person that comes into the room that's new, she should apologize to for just honestly just being there in a lot of ways. And I just wondered the same thing. And I'm just, my heart goes out to Nini. I think she's a really special woman. And I think she knows that she's not, that she's flawed. And I think that that's something that we don't often see is that she knows she's flawed and she's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing the best I can and I mm-hmm. want to do better, but I'm also like, you know, I am how I am. Like the, the epitome of what Lisa Barlow is trying to say to me, Nini actually lives. She's like, I don't want to always be this way. Cause she did a whole season with a life coach, but she's like, also, how am I going to change it? Like it's an empire. And I just, I really, I really like the complexity that comes with Nini. So it's always, my Galentine is always going to be someone on Atlanta. Atlanta is just has my heart. The best scene in Real Housewives for, in my opinion, in all of the seasons is the moment where she goes looking to see her real father and she drives past him and he's sitting on the curb and the realization that he looks exactly like her son. And it was just like a punch to the gut. That to me was like the best of Real Housewives, that scene. Yes. Complexity. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Like she yeah. gave us so many different versions of herself. And then like you have the obviously epically shady fun side of her where Phaedra's being introduced on the show and she's it's her very first season and she's in like a furry robe and she's cooking salmon and bacon with bedazzled eyelashes for her convict to husband Apollo and Nini <laughs> is just heard in the background going Apollo is a convict it's Phaedra is a lawyer maybe she representative I didn't know that was a thing and I am just like <laughs> 
it's the best thing I've ever heard. Like, it's just like, she's like, this bacon's really fresh. And she goes, Apollo is a convict. And I'm just like, <laughs> Nini to me is just, yeah. I think she's a national treasure. Yeah. Sam, who's your national treasure? Who's your Galentine? Um, present? Oh, God. Well, first, first, I want to say my past one, okay. I believe, is Nini as well so many I have so many okay. like yeah, yeah, like yeah. I love these women so yes. much even the ones I don't like the only one I genuinely hate who like <laughs> is Kelly Dodd obviously um yes, relatable yeah I hate her so much but every single one of them like I love in some way because they put themselves out there and that's just in a way that like, mm-hmm. I just could never do. And I mm-hmm. just really respect them for that. Yeah. Like, and I also don't look at these women as like my moral compass. Like I kind of mm-hmm. like that they're all kind of train wrecks and like finding yeah. a, and they're all kind of like on a journey um, of some kind. I don't know. But anyways, I love Nini. I went on a long rant about this the other day on Instagram is when Nini was great, there was like no one better than Nini. Mm-hmm. Like no one funnier, no one like quicker, no one like she stole every single scene that she was in. And I mean, Portia like physically has assaulted multiple people and is like still on the show. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, can and Why doesn't Nini get a second chance? right and like Vicky was involved in a cancer scam like where is the line that we're drawing here because I don't think Nini has ever done anything that bad um her husband had real cancer oh Greg I love Greg um oh my God. the fact that we have to call it real cancer <laughs> welcome to Bravo yeah welcome to Bravo it's a shit show it's city a shit show. of nope on that one city um, of nope and who's your current who's your current Oh my God. It's like a tie. So anyone on Potomac, really, I love Candace, which is like very yeah, controversial. We're talking to a Basset Hound guys. So I yeah. Just make sure you are That's all actually a really cute name for fans. <laughs> I love her so much. I think she's really funny. Uh, Karen is a favorite. Um, and I'm really, yeah, those two are my favorites right now. Karen's a good Galentine. She would be a fun person to have drinks with. Like she's oh, Karen would probably be so fun. She's a hoot. And that's what Ashley <laughs> always tries to like really give you. Like, give you. Well, she always is like, I want Karen to be how she is when it's just me and Karen. Mm-hmm. And because mm. like, and Andy mm. said at this past reunion, like Karen's kind of starting to let her guard down a little bit and not be this like, you know, grand dame, like, um, you know, kind of persona like she she was just full-on Karen just getting drunk like taking shots like it was it was amazing love it Vanessa who's your pick representing you maybe representing you and Abby through the through the real yeah <laughs> so I would say we Abby and I both love Kyle Richards we, I mean, a lot of people are tired of her splits and hair flips. We can't get enough of it. But I just think Kyle is just kind of classic. She's my classic choice. I mean, she, yeah, I, I'm going to keep it simple with Kyle. I think um, the other person that I feel like needs a moment, and I think I love this person so much only because of how much they love themselves, the amount of self-love this person possesses is 
amazing to me and a type of confidence that I aspire to, and that is Lady Morgan. Sonia oh, Morgan. That's a good yes. one. That we not get there. We no, but so yeah, me neither. Sonia <laughs> loves. Continue. I mean, Continue I've on. never seen someone talk so proudly of her sex life and vagina, and like, there's no shame in it. She loves who she is, and she fully embraces it and i love that i look i want that for myself now and later in life she's unapologetic when she walked over and kissed that random woman at her own party where she was looking like donatella versace on the cover of a magazine that no one's heard of i just thought what a moment yeah this is this is truly (laughs) historical and i think that i just i'm grateful i just think she's just i just think she hasn't i mean there's a lot of disillusionment with a lot of these women and sonia definitely has that but she's never lost sight of liking herself and she's really a girl's girl yes like, and for real i'm a girl she always calls that. ramona out yeah, but then like that. it's like still very loyal to her i just without it being delusional yes Sonya is great. i you love know, i'm I a love, girl's girl so she's my I girl i loved the pairing of bethany and sonia because i mm, think bethany has like a really good sense of humor about sonia mm-hmm. and is like everyone's always trying to tell sonia like she's dumb or she's out of touch or anything. I think Sonia's like very tuned in, mm-hmm. but doesn't talk about it all the time. Like when she mm-hmm. finally admitted like why Tinsley really bothered her, I, Bethany was like, why haven't you just said that this whole time? And she's like, because no one lets me talk. And she's like, no, they do. You just talk True. way too much. Yeah. And like <laughs> how she bad. just gets like so drunk. Like she's amazing. But speaking of Tinsley, she's my trigger. Oh, I'm very triggered by Tinsley. Relatable. I could see that. Yeah, I could get that. I get Alexis. that. I 100 percent could see that the same sort of argument when I, I mean, that was Bethany's argument about her. Yeah. I And Dorinda's too. Team Dorinda all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I find Tinsley to be so triggering. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. yes, she this like, you know, my parents pay for everything. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to have my, like, she's essentially, she's just that, that little princess that I just like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I can't connect with you. Like, you're not a real person to me. Like you wear these like ballerina skirts and like these tights and these nails and (laughs) And American girl doll. Yeah. An American girl doll. I'm like, be a real person. Mm -hmm. Like, and Scott is a fucking toad. I feel like, like I don't know why everyone's yeah. talking like he's some like yeah. Prince Charming. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I, he's a fucking loser. I get triggered by that in my actual real life all the time. People that mm. like don't were handed things and didn't work from yes. nothing. That's because I've come mm. from nothing. So I, t- I relate to that. I'm like, yeah. And the, the fact just, she's like, I just bought three pairs of golden goose- gooses. I'm like, you have no sense of the real world and how absurd that is. No, yeah. and I just don't find it interesting. I don't mm. think it's funny. I think, Mm-mm. I don't know. There's just something about her that I t- find like very, very triggering. Also, yeah, especially I, like I her. That. Also, that when I ha- yeah, having children is annoying to watch her when she talks about her dogs. Like there are babies. I'm like wait till you have to breastfeed a dog. Okay, that's mm. not well, your baby. <laughs> and I just rewatched Bethany's last season recently, and there was like this really amazing. There was a couple scenes like this actually with Bethany and Ramona and Tinsley, and I just found it to be very interesting because Bethany yeah. and Ramona both had kids much older. Mm. Like they, you know, were in their forties. They 
-hmm. And so Tinsley's talking like, oh, I want to have a baby. I want to have it. And they're like, you can have a baby. Like if that's something that you really, really want, you can can have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were like, well, how long have you been with Scott? And she's like, oh, two years. And they're like, that's like, that's like dog years when you're 40 and you want a kid. Like, why aren't you making these things happen? And I just thought it was really interesting to see Bethany and Ramona, who always kind of fight, come together and like really try to help this girl like mm-hmm. realize what she really wants and I mm-hmm. I love I love that yeah I mean I have to say that my galantine I don't know why it sort of dovetails into this and this is a very problematic uh transition for me to make but <laughs> from the idea of helping someone see what they want I have a problematic galantine who all of the ags know I have loved for years and I'm not going to say that we're consciously uncoupling I'm just going to say that maybe a new supreme has risen who I'll get to in a second (laughs) but from the perspective of looking at someone and just feeling a kinship with them and that doesn't always mean the best things it means in the struggle of understanding and loving ourselves, which has to come first my galantine spiritually i sent out a printed mailing of 100 galantine's cards a couple years ago uh, with a photo of myself from me and my best friend my galantine is and will always be in many ways shannon storms bador really sarah yeah take a moment (laughs) a woman who i (laughs) sam is Pages you issue with up. the full mom skull. I just, just want to like, say I know you know better. that Shannon has struggled. She has been in difficult relationships. And there has been a point, even though I haven't watched a single episode of Orange County this season, there has been a point in me thinking about. You didn't watch. Alternate- ev- you didn't even watch one episode. Not a single second. I didn't. I watched one. That's amazing. That is amazing. The only season of any franchise I haven't watched. Bless your hearts. Because I. Thank you. I couldn't do it. I don't know how. I don't know where to start. I don't participate in a boycott. If you want to watch and it gives you something 100% fully endorse and condone that. I just knew that I honestly talking about triggers. It would have been. I no, gone, I get it. I, I knew like genuinely because I talk about housewives with my psychiatrist and therapist, both of whom I meet with we- weekly. I knew that <laughs> it was going to be like they know all about Candace. Like I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be like a whole yeah. thing if I even started. <laughs> Sam is having a moment to herself. Um, but I have to say with Shannon, sometimes I think that I want more for Shannon than Shannon does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are ways in which I look at her. Mm-hmm. And I project my own like self-esteem esteem stuff and sometimes anxiety mm-hmm. stuff and like not communicating anger so that it translates in my behavior as sadness. Like there is a core to her that I don't know actually exists in her body, but it does in my idea of who she is. I see. Where I want her to do well. And sometimes I think that she wants it too, but her behavior doesn't equal that interest mm-hmm. or that projection but I still love her. And I think that she's Mm. obviously given us quality moments. I also do acknowledge that I probably want more for her than she does just based on her behavior and her choices. Like I haven't seen a single episode of orange County this season, but I've heard about her relationship with John, John. Yeah. John, of course I should know this John. And I, I just, I don't, I don't see this being a guy who's that different from David Bador, but I also haven't seen any of it. So like I should truly go fuck myself. But for a long time, it was a genuine positive love where it didn't feel complicated. 
Like, even mm. when she had a, a tougher season, I still felt like this is a woman who's like, who's really struggling, but who, who wants to be better and, and wants to make a, a problematic marriage work. And I love that for her. And I just, I, she will always be a Galantine, but I do have to say, you know, several of us were on a, a Zoom with the cast of Salt Lake City before the premiere. And, you know, I have never felt such an immediate, instinctive, almost obsessive love as I do for Heather Gay. And it mm-hmm. feels like, as Kate said, I mean, that I haven't feels had right her. for you. It feels very right for me. <laughs> I haven't had her on AG yet because I honestly haven't asked her because I just like, I she just loves, wanted to like she's get so, th- She's pro women, women, women. She'd be in there in a heartbeat. And I would love that, yeah. but I haven't even wanted to invite her until I saw every single episode of yeah. this season first, just like, just like a safety precaution <laughs> before I maul her with affection. But I just really feel like this is someone who herself is a Bravo-holic, who has had such an interesting journey, who uh, mm-hmm. was pushed out or alienated from her, uh, you know, cultural center with... Um, the Mormon community and with her husband and maybe, you know, a large circle of friends because their marriage didn't work out and has really pushed to try to figure out the kind of woman that she wants to be now. And I always think like, it's never too late to decide to make a change. And I think she's the perfect example of it. And she's also done some like throwback IG stuff of, posts from several years ago where she's giving love to Andy just as a Bravo viewer and watching a full circle moment of someone who's like in our community as a Bravo holic who's now a genuine Bravo sensation is so inspiring because if I asked all of you guys I'm sure I would get a thousand different answers in the best possible way of like would you ever want to do a Bravo show and I don't know that that has always been a dream of Heather's, but I do know that she understands the community and the heart of what it means to be a Bravo fan. And it doesn't to me in any way change or take away from what to me has been a magnificent first season. And I just feel a lot of appreciation and affection for her because some people look at Bravo as being a a dirty little secret or like a guilty pleasure. And I've never really felt that way. I don't think that there's anything guilty about it. And Kate, you talked about your background in crisis um, PR and I've done event consulting for several years, which means I'm, you know, in environments where I'm grateful enough to be with celebrities or, um, you know, electeds here in New York City or whomever else, business people. And when we start talking, I honestly naturally bring up housewives because I don't care who the fuck you are. If we're going to have a conversation about something and, you know, what do you like to do? I'm going to talk about watching Bravo because I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. that should be that should feel guilty about it. What I have loved is the conversations I've had with like very successful businesswomen who want to talk about Ramona or want to talk about something else where it's like we wouldn't have this kind of conversation Mm -hmm. necessarily otherwise. But through the language of Bravo, we can have really intimate conversations with people who may have been an actual stranger three minutes before. Mm -hmm. But because we all know this language and love to watch these women's stories, we're able to have the kinds of dialogues that we were able to have today. So I just want to show my, just say some thanks to you guys and some appreciation and gratitude. And 
thanks to Kate especially for giving me the idea for this. And I hope that this is one of many conversations where we can get together and shoot the shit and talk about these women and in doing so, talk about ourselves. So I just want to say happy Galentine's to you lovely gals. And thank you so much for being a part of this because I know I learned at least 15 things about myself in this conversation today. And I hope it's been as fun for you as it's selfishly been for me. Um, I just want to cheers you guys and and thank you so much for being a part of this Galentine's Day episode. Well, thank you so well, much for, for having, having us. us. And I'm grateful for other people's opinions because it definitely mm-hmm. helps shape my own and other people's perspectives and grateful for the work that all of you do. And you're all welcome to come on my show anytime you want. And um, it's a dream of mine, actually. I started my podcast because on. of Real Moms of Bravo and Kate Casey. That oh exactly my what, That is the, the, the only two podcasts that I was listening at the, at the time. And oh, that good. was like, I'm going to be on it Sarah. one day. You just wait. <laughs> You're on. You're on. Any others? Do you want to run her up to that, Monty? Any other? Any, maybe the one well, that you Well, to be honest, just... Sarah, you oh, were the first we real person that I asked to be on that I was scared of. And I remember prepping you. for Thank you to come you on for a very long time and telling my now fiance, I was like, so she's like the real deal oh. and I'm not I don't know how this is gonna go and I was so nervous and you were like here's my bio and I was like she has a bio I don't have a bio I need a bio and <laughs> so uh, honestly you've all shaped how I do content creation podcasting Samantha you and your memes it's it's shaped so much of how I even connect to the world. And now that people are feeling like connected to me, I'm just like, oh my God, you don't know. It took a village. Women supporting no, women. This is what this is all about. Supporting women. It does take yes. a village. It does. Don't you think it does take a village? Absolutely. I just said that 14 uh, times. Yeah, but it does. We all need, does. we all really need each other. We need each other to, uh, the support of one another to grow our shows or our Instagrams or our businesses, whatever it is. So. And speaking of gratitude, ladies, um, can we all promo your amazing uh, podcast content creations, Instagram pages, starting with Real Moms of Bravo. Mm-hmm. Vanessa, tell us where to follow you and listen to your podcast. And hype Yes, you can follow us on Instagram at Real Moms of Bravo, and you can listen to us wherever you're listening to this podcast, Real Moms of Bravo. And we come out with episodes every week. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Real Moms of Bravo. Amazing. Kate Casey. Reality Life with Kate Casey. Anywhere where you listen to podcasts twice a week, Wednesdays, Fridays, interviews with reality stars, executive producers, and directors. And I have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kate Casey. Uh, Twitter at Kate Casey. Instagram at Kate Casey CA. And Clubhouse at Kate Casey love bravo historian aka sam well you can tell that you all do podcasts because you guys are all so well spoken <laughs> like the you podcast make, voice came on it really did you were like at real moms of bravo and i was like you guys make me sound like i'm drooling on my mic like i sound like a fucking idiot um no. you can just follow me on instagram at bravo historian Look at that I mean, beautiful that fireplace. I mean, that's a big deal. You can also see her on Watch What Happens Live. Yes. Yes. Um, she is not in the audience. She is actually a guest talking to you. Yes. Just... Loki. Loki. Yeah. Yes. I had a meltdown that's a high, this morning. That's a high, that's a, <laughs> that's a high achievement. Yes. Uh, Monty Marcus, tell us a little bit about where to follow you on IG and Mixing with Monty. 
Yeah, you can listen to me anywhere you listen to everyone else who has plugged themselves as well. Um, and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And I actually have a Potomac live event, a virtual event happening. Mm-hmm. I was approached by Speakeasy, which is like a kind of like a TED Talk thing. And we're doing a Housewives Mixer on um, February the 25th. Um, and yeah, tickets are on sale now, but they are almost sold out, but I'm oh, hoping that's amazing. a good thing because it means they will actually add another one. And I'm hoping to be able to do like each franchise. Like, that it'll be oh my God, that's amazing. Of yeah. why they made it or why they tanked, you know, like that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's like, we're doing Potomac first, why it became a big deal, yeah. how it went from, you know, this one thing to like this major thing and how content creators had a lot to do with that. So, you know what they do. Thank you for pointing that out. That is so true. Amen. Mad respect. Love that. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to participate in it and be super into it. Coming up with words that are escaping my mouth. When Sam was talking about eloquence, I think she didn't see into the future what I was about to um, spew. So appreciate it. <laughs> um, guys, speaking of all things Gab, a Galatine's Gab. What? I forgot to rename Galatine's until just now. But Galatine's Gab can be had for those at the OG of the AG level on the Andy Scrolls Patreon, the number one way to support yours truly and her shoe addiction, let alone financial debt. So go to <laughs> patreon.com slash Andy's girls. Uh, this is an exclusive Zoom key key where you guys get to really chat with each other. And listen, you get to have your own kind of little panel, which I love. Um, that will be Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's an exclusive Zoom key key with yours truly available to the OG of the AG level as well as the new uh, premium level on Patreon, the People's People's Couch, where you can <laughs> guest on an Andy's Girls Patreon uh, episode with me. Ask me any questions or choose a topic for me to discuss. More info, patreon.com slash Girls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. And um, I hope everyone has a great Galentine's Day to the AGs listening and that you're able to have a COVID-safe and friendly way to celebrate <laughs> a significant another uh in your life or better yet just yourself that's enough and speaking of appreciation a little galentine's day treat that i have been working on for a little bit of time with friend of the pod dylan hafer of bravo by betches this is the premiere song um that's what friends of are for which is <laughs> written and performed by dylan and myself Celebrating the friends. Oh my God. Inspired by the Dionne Warwick classic. And yes, there is also a video premiere, which you can find on my Instagram at Dame Galley while listening to this song. That is just a video tribute to our favorite friends of On the Housewives. Um, some of whom used to be former uh, full-timers who were demoted. And I hope that you guys enjoy that closing out this episode. Apologies to some of those friends of in advance for some of the lyrics that we wrote. But I think that if you have a sense of humor, you'll still get a chuckle. Um, Vicky, are you listening? Uh, ladies, on that note, thank you so much for uh, participating in this Galley Galentine's um, panel episode. And I look forward to chatting with all of you again soon. Happy Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Happy Galentine's. Thanks for having us. Honestly. My pleasure. And guys, enjoy this premiere song exclusive. Mm-hmm.
never thought I'd feel this way And as far as I'm concerned You've driven story through today A piece of shit and everyday cocoa. That's what friends are for. Well, you came in the OG. And the O.C. said bye, woo-hoo, oh, and then Kenya's drums drove us apart But every Bravo-holic knows That Marlowe plays a crucial part So do Tanya and Shamia Oh, keep smiling and keep shining Knowing you are almost center screen For sure That's what friends are for In I do times and Sassoon times Sutton's diamond returned to her store That's what friends are for Keep smiling, keep, keep shining, shining, knowing you are almost sensitive. For sure, that's what friends are for. In cool times, not on cool times, Elise is pushed aside forevermore. center screen oh for sure cause Andy tells you that's what friends are for whoa good times and the bad times will be in your debt forevermore that's what friends are That's what friends are for. That's what friends of are for. We love you, Marlo. Give Marlo a peach. A spiritual peach. The friends are what it's all about. You gotta have friends. Is Mary a friend? Technically? 
only invited to one part of the reunion, but they left their mom. That is what friends are for. The friends are what it's all about. Shout out to our friends, Mazel of the Day. <laughs> <laughs>